For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 120. I'm your host Greg Troxell and we have your weekly news podcast, the best and the greatest news podcast in America for Newcastle United ever. To bring you the best damn co in the land who will be helping me with this glorious podcast is Elijah Newsom. Oh. Oh. Oh, drink. Twice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people are drinking. I'm not drinking anything. Greg, I've decided starting Saturday for Lent, I will not be drinking. So For how many hours? Not, yeah, I don't know. It, it depends on how long I can I can last uh, watching Newcastle, honestly. Like, it might force me into alcoholism. Oh, it should. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, if anyone wants to keep up with that journey, you can definitely follow me on the Twitters at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, Greg, where can people follow you? You can. I know you didn't say, say it already. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you can follow me at NUSC underscore Greg. Hit up that podcast at THN underscore radio. Um, you know, just... Continue following us. We, uh, we're we just pumping out podcasts here, and we want you to be a part of it. Mm. So let's, let's dive right in. We have a lot of top main topics to discuss. And the first one is probably the one on everybody's mind when they're talking about Newcastle is a man by the name of Jolinton. Oh. <clears throat> so obviously... This conversation. It was a teaser on uh, Tuesday. Wait, Tuesday's episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we we've had our, our opinions and we've shared our opinions on this matter, but we're kind of. I want to kind of be productive if possible here and try to figure out what we can do to fix this. Uh, it's not going to be easy by any means, and I mean, if we do find a way to. To figure this out, then we should probably get hired by the club. So we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> but Jolinton has one goal and two assists this entire season in the Premier League. He does have two goals and one assist in the FA Cup against two League One sides. Um, but tell you what, two goals against League One sides are not good enough. <laughs> so... Uh, first thing I wanted to do, Elijah, is l- let me just give a quick history on what he's done, and then let's bring it to let's bring it back to what we can do to fix it. So uh, he's played. So he's never scored more than eight goals in a season. 
so and the, his eight goals was in 2016-17 for the Austrian Bundesliga. Um, and he did it the following year in the Austrian Bundesliga. He got seven goals, and then in the actual Bundesliga is he got seven goals. So now he has one. So it, 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 there's a big drop off here. So I took uh, this is on transfer market. I took his goals by position. He has 115 appearances as a center forward, 29 goals, 14 appearances as a second striker with five goals. A lot better goal rate. Um, so that's just a little synopsis. Elijah, like just hearing some of that and based on like what your thoughts have been, what do you think is the problem for one? And then we will go into trying to solve it. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to score goals if you're not in goal scoring positions. Um, I mean, there's a little bit, there's a lot of things. I mean, first we've, we've touched on the play style of Newcastle certainly doesn't help, but to, to your point, um, you've kind of held this statement that Jolinton doesn't do things that strikers are, they are strikers should do. Um, he, he doesn't really crash the box. Well, um, when he does, he does it at times and maybe not, this isn't his fault completely, but he does it at times where, um, he either doesn't get the ball or, um, you know, someone else is making an identical run. Uh, he's not there to follow up for rebounds. So there's a lot of things that could lead to goals that he's not doing right now. And, um, you know, you can get away with not doing those things as a, uh, as a winger or as an attacking midfielder because, you know, your main goal isn't, isn't to score there. Your main goal is is to create. Um, you're not the number nine. Um, I think a perfect example of this is, is Miggy doesn't really crash the box for rebounds well, but no one's expecting him to because he is an attacking midfielder. He's a winger, whatever you want to call him. Um, but as a striker, you have to do these things. And it's it's the easiest way to get goals is to be in the box. And that's something Jolinton simply does not do. Yeah, and and I want also just this is just an aside, the the like telling or describing Jolinton and Saint Maximin as attacking midfielders is a bit of a farce here because we're in a five four one. So like, there's no. Attacking. Wait, you're saying Jolinton? You, you mean oh. Saint Maximin and? Almiron. Almiron. Yeah, sorry. I And I was kind of referring to Almiron his whole career. Like that's Yeah, yeah. No, they're already. definitely yeah. both of them are attacking midfielders, but we also have to say like some people like to compare Jolinton with those two. And I, and I like try to temper that. It's like no, like they are literally midfielders in this formation. They're not attacking anything. Like yeah, we see them bringing up an attack because the counterattack goes to them, but in a 5-4-1, they're not attacking anything. <laughs> And so uh, they're more of just counter-attacking pieces in this formation. And, and like, when we're attacking, it's, what, a 3-4-2-1, but in, in which they do become attacking midfielders. But let's let's call it what it is. They're not attacking midfielders. But, but go on, please. Sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. No, that was it. I mean, that oh, okay. was my last thing. <laughs> yeah. That this is the part where you take over and start – directing the show <laughs> yeah so i i think with uh, yeah you you took the words out of my mouth here like he's not crashing the box he has the lowest amount of touches in the box of any striker in the premier league and he has also spoiler alert of 
based on minutes played, the least amount of goals. So there's not a lot of positive things to discuss when it comes to him. He hasn't done a lot right as a striker. Now, like I've said it before, he's Rondon without the goals. And to a point, that is a compliment because doing what Rondon can do outside of scoring is fantastic. Um, because it, it the link-up play is unprecedented. And I've said this before. Like, imagine if we had a player named Solomon Rondon that was playing for Newcastle United that could almost teach this person how to play this style. Ah, I wonder if that was ever possible at any point in time. <laughs> so Yeah, it's almost like he was available yeah, for Newcastle yeah. for less than they paid for... Yoshinori Muto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah. So going to fix this, I, I was just looking at, at different things. And, and the one thing I wanted to point out is that second striker. So think of like the Iose Perez, what we said that he was really good at. Um, he had 14 appearances and five goals and an assist. So like if every if for the rest of the matches this year, if he can bang in five goals... That's, it's not a successful season, but it's a successful end to the season. So I'll tell you what he did in each of those. So he's done it He's done it 11 times in the Austrian Bundesliga, and he had three total goals. Um, he's done it once in the Champions League and got an assist. And then, and the, just for reference, the Champions League match was against Lyon. Um, and then he's done it only two times in the Bundesliga and scored in each. It was a 3-0 win over Hanover and a 3-2 loss to Frankfurt. Neither so like, one of those teams are very good, by the way. Like, we're talking Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hanover, Hanover got relegated and Frankfurt was close. But they beat Hanover 3-0. Th- um, so, I mean, but getting goals is important. I mean, Norwich is probably... Not much better than either of those teams, and he's still not scoring against them. Um, so, and Leon is decent. He got an assist there. Um, his goals in Austria were not good either. Uh, so maybe, maybe not. Maybe I might back off this take. <laughs> no, I am going to stay on it because there's teams that he should be scoring against, and he's not here. And five goals in fourteen appearances is is a good rate for me. I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if if he gets you know these five goals and fourteen appearances, does this give you hope for next season? Are you still concerned? What, what's your outlook going into next season? I think still many fans. I think it would kind of be kind of split, honestly, if I'm thinking about Newcastle Twitter, because that's a decent rate, um, and it's it shows you know that there's potential and. I think everyone can kind of say Joel Linton we saw day one to Joel Linton now is certainly a better player. Is he the, I don't know if he's, you know, Premier League number nine, like, player that we all expected, but he's still a better player. So is it, is it, you know, and are you arguably, not are you arguably, but would you be satisfied going into next season if Joel Linton is, you know, the main striker at the club if he's put up those five goals in 14 games or are you still like maybe we need to try out something else um so right right now unless unless he finds a way 
I, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough question. Because if yeah, he no, does start, I asked it. If he does start scoring, uh, like and gets the five and fourteen type of numbers, then yeah, that's a really good sign, and you could go on the hope that okay, well, hopefully he can just start, just continue that on throughout the rest of, um, the start but by, by the start of the next season, but, uh. I'm assuming if that changes, it's also going to have to change with a formation change, which, and we'll get into, uh, could be happening this weekend. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> and and if we do a formation change and then Jolinton starts scoring, well then, yeah, maybe I'll have a little bit more hope. But uh, if we just put him in as a second striker somehow in this formation, then we still need a striker. So... That's how I'll answer the question. Well, yeah, I mean, and that wasn't really like, like, I think we both are under the assumption that regardless of Joel Linton's play, that you still need to get a striker this next summer. Um, I mean, like, Muto is, is unfortunately, I mean, and it's, I think he's in a a bad situation. Um, But, I mean, his play style is not, it doesn't fit Steve Bruce's. Even if Steve Bruce runs a four four two, it doesn't fit um, Steve Bruce's play style, and it doesn't. It certainly doesn't fit the five four one. So you you'd like to think Muto's kind of going to get offloaded, um, potentially um, Carroll or Gale or both. Like there, there's going to be a need to bring in another striker, regardless, and to hope, especially given the fact like our strikers have not been healthy all season. So I mean, I think regardless what happens. There'll be a striker in, um, but I, I'm with you. I think there has to be a formation change for Joe Linton to to be a better version of himself. Um, and I think that you're right. I mean, it is possible that it's this this weekend. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of whatever at this point. Just let's let's try to pick up three points. Let's try to keep doing that. And once we get to forty points, I'll I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so let, let's transition to first George Calkin and George has been going on some rants in the last few days. So if you don't follow him on Twitter, definitely do so. And it's at George Calkin. And when it was George Calkin, the times. Yeah. Now it's George Calkin, the athletic. And Um, and we, and we called that when he changed his Twitter name, we said he's going to join the athletic Yeah, and people didn't believe us. Well, Actually, no one didn't believe us. No one really gave us credit for breaking that story before everyone else did. <laughs> so next time you guys think about George Calkin, please credit CHN Radio. <laughs> Thank you. So he's been going on rants about Newcastle, and they've been pretty good. Uh, he said after the match, the concerning thing, well, one of them, is that at the moment the players brought in during January haven't addressed any of the major problems of this team. Still no goals. Bentaleb, Bentaleb isn't offering any forward momentum. Lazaro now suspended. Jolinton is completely baffling and has been from day one. He doesn't get into the box. They sel- selected a player and plonked him into the role Rondon filled, and he is utterly unsuited to it. You can't build a team like that. It's just insane. They watched Jolinton like 24 to 26 times, honestly. They obviously thought he was good, but it's completely pointless if you put him in the completely wrong system and team. 
where's the strategy? And then in parentheses, you, said, you don't need to answer that. <laughs> um, he he's he's gone on and said so much more and he's he's actually responding to people like to just everyone pretty much last three days he's been just going off and there's a lot of things that he's covered um a lot of things he's attacked bruce for and like he even said with bruce like he thought he was the man that was going to change ashley so did rafa and so did every other manager before that but like and he's also said that steve bruce is a problem but he is not the problem and that's kind of what we've been preaching um, from the beginning as well. So just taking all of that and what we've seen so far, the new signings, like how do we get this to work? How do we how do we fight off relegation at the end of it? Uh, we have a good lead, but it's certainly been shrinking. <laughs> I, I, th- I think George hits it on the nail here when he talks about like the strategy. Because if you look at the individual talents of all the players, like – these are good players we've brought in. Yeah, um, that's that's it, a good and that that's a good point. That's a point that should be said. Yes, and I, I I think the only player that I think like legitimately, regardless of where he plugged him in, has not looked his best is Danny Rose, and I think that's just because he's just not that fit right now. Like there, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's dealing with some sort of nagging injury or something. But he actually just looks like he's not like he looks tired and such. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know if it's because he's just not used to playing consistently anymore because, I mean, he's had to pretty much slot in and start, but I think that that can come around. But when it comes to Lazaro and Bentaleb, like, there's moments where, like, Bentaleb and Lazaro look really good, but, like, a lot of the reason why they don't look good is down to the fact that they're not being used correctly. Um, Bentaleb has looked his best when it's he looked his best when he was in a midfield three sitting behind two guys and really helping recycle possession when in he's league, kind against of against a league one team though. That's true. Or you just mean I'm just, no, I'm, I'm saying in general. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm getting to that point where like, regardless of the team this year, midfield two that Newcastle have run is consistently getting overrun all the time. And like, when you have a player, who is not as disciplined and it's not, it's not anyone's fault. Like Sean Longstaff, like would, I would say Sean Longstaff would describe himself as an attack minded midfielder. Like he just doesn't, he's not there to help back with Bentaleb and like Bentaleb alongside Hayden has looked better than Bentaleb alongside, um, alongside Longstaff and Bentaleb alongside Shelby would probably look better than that. But Steve Bruce, for some reason has, placed Bentaleb alongside Longstaff and he's kind of been on an island by himself. Yeah. That's something that, you know, the talent is is probably there. I'd like to hope that it's there, but the tactics certainly don't help the situation. That's been the story of the whole season. I mean, you look at ASM, you look at Almiro, and you look at all these players. I mean, Lazaro is another example where, I mean, like, yes, he's suspended, but he's suspended ultimately because of of a position Steve Bruce has put, put him in. You take a guy who has pretty much gone on the record publicly, and we talked about this in Tuesday's episode, like you don't hear <laughs> players talk about their p- positions publicly unless there's like a serious issue and it's they're making a statement. But he's pretty much publicly said he's not comfortable as a wingback, and Steve Bruce is continuing to play him as a wingback. 
That's yeah. that's like the he's looked his best when he is attacking. Like when he came on and debuted as a just a sub as a winger, like he he was fine. Like that that's what is is annoying is that like yes, the signings have not addressed any of the issues that Newcastle have had, but one some of the issues Newcastle have had cannot just be addressed by like these signings. We we didn't sign a striker. Big Newcastle's biggest issue has been lack of goals from forwards. That that's thing number one. And number two, like these signings can't help you if they're not put in the best position to succeed. And and, and Steve Bruce unfortunately just has not been able to figure out a way to use these players effectively. Yeah, and that's the other thing George pointed out is Sean Longstaff has completely regressed. Like it's it's not even an argument. He's regressed like significantly. And that's a that's a huge concern. Yeah. Um this was a player that we were talking about England call-ups. Like we we were literally mentioning England call-ups for Sean Longstaff at this point last year, and now we're talking about how much he's re- regressed. Um, and at first, you could blame it on the injury, but then at a point, I think I got to a point. I think this was about two weeks ago. I mentioned this, where like part of it is just on the manager himself. Like yeah. I think Sean excelled under Rafa because he was given clear direction and, and clear instruction on what to do in certain situations because, like, I mean, Sean Longstaff's first Premier League game was was almost a year ago, like a little over a year ago. So, like, I mean, he's still very young in, in what he needs to do spatially, and, like, the talent is there, but, I mean, he, he needs guidance, and Steve Bruce just throws him out there in in, in the middle of a lake and tells him to swim doesn't give him a life vest or anything and so it's like uh, of course he's going to regress I mean he's having to figure everything out on his own and on top of that like it doesn't seem like his manager seems to is, is helping him navigate this at all now again this is just outside looking in I mean none of us are there at the training ground I mean none of us are there in training um but I mean just eye test it, it he just visibly looks lost at times and of course his best matches this season have been against League One sides where, like, you can get away with with the mistakes that he's made at the at the Premier League level. But overall, he hasn't looked great. And Maddie's looked great at, at certain times. But, I mean, Sean Longstaff, we're talking about a guy who people were saying, even though we have him locked up for another year, I think, people were saying, like, oh, we need we need to make sure we re-sign Sean Longstaff, like, get him a, a, a proper contract and stuff. And that tone has completely shifted uh, over the past few weeks. Um, I mean, and people seem to be okay with Sean Longstaff making his 998 pounds a week. Yeah. So the, 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 I guess the last thing that I want to mention is this, is that like, obviously there's a huge problem at Newcastle United and it's, it's not going to go away. And the one constant is the owner, but what we can talk about and hopefully things that we can fix is like. You know, at the end of the day, like the one thing that we can control, like as like I say, we as in Newcastle United, is what can the manager get out of these players, and it's simply whatever is happening is just definitely not enough, and it's it's really bad right now, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's absolutely amazing that we've got this many points already, which, like I commend because. 
I don't know how it's possible that we got this many points based on the way we've been playing all year, but we do, and that's put us in a great position for safety. But going into the rest of this year, I don't, I, I still can't guarantee that we'll be safe. Um, so let's take a break now, and then let's talk about nerd stuff after this. Sound good? Nope. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, so going on the theme of what our problems are, one of those is based in expected stats. Some people are rolling their eyes right now. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But um, let me talk to you about expected goals. Uh, Of... Okay, here we go. Um, Expected stats in general are what... So basically what it is is that it's it's rated on the, the play of a game, and it decides per chance, like what what type of chance that was in scoring. Was it a clear-cut chance? It, it like takes all the variables in and decides, like, okay, this was a 0.8 chance out of a goal. A goal would be one. Um, and then it puts them all together, and then you have your, your actual and your kind of whatever it may be goals. So, and some people say that these stats are ridiculous and not good and you can't rely on them. Well, of the top five teams in the Premier League, how many of those teams do you think are in the top five of expected goals? Wait, what? So the, if you take the top five teams in the table, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man United, how many of those teams are in the top five in expected goals? I'd say four with Manchester United not being in there. That is incorrect. It's all five. Oh, dang. How many of the of the teams in the top ten are also in the top ten of expected goals? I don't know. All ten. ten. <laughs> so, like, the stats are correct. <laughs> now, oh, there's oh, a little... This, that's the point you were proving. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Actually, sorry. It's... Uh, uh, wow, I'm wrong. Nine out of the ten. Um, oh, sorry. Wow. I can't read. Eight out of the ten are oh. in... The, the case 10. for expected wow. stats is going down rapidly. Yeah, the only two that aren't in there is Sheffield United and Burnley. Which is interesting because, I mean, Burnley makes sense, but yeah. Sheffield's interesting. <laughs> also, people, uh, like, Sheffield United is, is going to be in the Premier League for a while. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know if we've said that on the record yet, but I just totally forgot that they also have rich owners. I just forgot about that part completely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Sheffield's in expected goals. They are 13th and Burnley's 12th. So, um, last in expected goals is Newcastle United. And then with three more, with three and a half more expected goals than us, right above that is Crystal Palace. And then with eight more expected goals than us above that is in last place Norwich. So like that's the state that we're in right now. Um, 
when you go with expected points. So expected points is a stat they do, like based on the rate of play, like how did, like how many points were you expected to get from that game? So (laughs) expected stats says that Newcastle United should have 17 points this season. Literally, they're saying like we are having a historically bad year, and could it's, like it could be one of the worst teams Premier League history. I'm waiting on the Tifo video for this. <laughs> yeah, they said at right now we should have 17.3 points. We're outperforming our expected points. No team is outperforming their expected points by double digits. We're doing it by 13, triple digits. Thirteen. Oh, we have, we have <laughs> that'd be insane. Well, Newcastle 6. wins, win, winning the Premier League on like on pace for 120 points. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like staggering numbers. Like you, everybody's like you know anywhere from two to five difference. Like that's a safe spot. Um, but we're we're doing 13.68 points better than our expected. That's that's four wins and a draw right there. Better than what we should have. Which is crazy to think about. So it we're clearly outperforming those numbers and everybody else is in line. Like if you take expected points, like we're in last, and then four points above us is West Ham, then Aston Villa, then Norwich. Like it's the bottom three. And then you have Crystal Palace and Burnmouth, Watford, Burnley, and Arsenal. Like that's your top ten. Actually, you know who's doing well expected numbers is Brighton. They have nine less points than they should have right now. That's crazy. Isn't it? No? I mean, I'm still not over the fact Newcastle are just... Like, 17. Histo- like, it's one of those things where, like, we should have players who, who should have entered the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like, Maybe this I should is do the lottery bad. tomorrow and then do, like, Steve Bruce's birthday as the lotto numbers. <laughs> you could. That'd be smart, actually. Um, this is our last few games. So Crystal Palace, we had 0.16 expected goals. Against Arsenal, we had 0.85. Against Norwich, we had 0.93. Against Everton, we had two. (laughs) The last two seconds of the game. Um, Against Chelsea, we had 1.8. So a little good run there. Oh, sorry, sorry. At Everton, I read that wrong. At Everton, we had 0.6. Everton had two. Um, at Chelsea, we had 0.84. At, against Wolves, we had 0.18. We drew. Leicester, we had 0.7. Like, you're, you're seeing the... We rarely have over one expected goal in a game. Like, in our last... And since... That was since 2020. We've had one game where we were expected to score more than a goal. Every other game, we were expected to score less than a goal. I mean, like, it that's... makes sense if you watch our attack. I mean, <laughs> yeah. these guys. It, it, it's, no, it's it's brutal. like the the like the nerds out there are saying like this could be one of the most notoriously crappy seasons in Premier League history, and we have thirty one points. And they yeah. sa- they're saying based on the rate of play, this could be the worst team in in Premier League like in recent history of the Premier League. It didn't help that the day we're recording this, which is Tuesday. Uh, Chelsea got absolutely embarrassed in the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> that was brutal. Shout out Alfonso Davies. Though. I was about to shout him out. Yes, always shout him out. Yeah. 
Um, it, yeah. Going to Jolinton, like his expected, he's expected 0.2 goals per 90. Um, he has 0.17 total right now. Um, and he has two shots per 90, which is also really bad. And that's not all his fault, right? Because you need to get opportunities to get shots, and those aren't really coming either. <clears throat> but looking at his like shot charts and everything, like I mean, he's barely spending time in that box. We've already gone over this with Jolinton, but you can literally pick apart every single player on this Newcastle team, and you find these same issues. Like, Do you have any... Any thoughts on this? Like, this is I mean, bad. I would, I would be curious to see. To I would be curious to see like the amount of crosses swung in by Miguel Amaron and Saint Maxman because I feel like we don't cross the ball enough, which is something that we've said all season. And it kind of like I think it's been hidden, kind of in the depths the past few games because like we've been so bad in other areas, but like we just don't cross the ball. Um, I don't know. I think last year we we crossed it a ton um, and like to the point where like Matt Ritchie was like leading the league in successful crosses, not because they were good crosses, but because like he just <laughs> did it so often. But so, this season, it's just not the same. And so I, I think you're right. You could pinpoint every area. Like I'd love to see how many passes per game, like our midfielders have. It's probably yeah. criminally low. Like, so let me I mean, tell I you, I guess the only people who probably have good numbers are our center backs with clearances. <laughs> Let me tell you some assist numbers because this is pretty interesting. The the person who the, so these are the expected numbers, not the actual. Oh, but yeah. the person who's leading in expected assists is Jolinton. Yeah, I'm a, oh, at two point nine. That is okay. the leader. Two point nine expected assists. I'm that not is, buying expected assists though because I've seen Miggy have pretty much. He should have had like three or four assists that people just missed the goal. Uh, Miguel Amaron so, on this season has .59. Well, see, I don't believe it. You don't? I don't know how they've calculated this. Yeah, he has... This is uh, why we need to get like someone, a status, a stat guy on so you guys can nerd out and I can ask you guys dumb questions. Oh, I would... Yeah, that would be fun. I got one. I can get us on one. Let's do it. Let's get an expected okay. guy on there. Um, I think he's American, too, so he actually can record at a reasonable time but yeah, <laughs> yeah we can do that let's do it okay yeah yeah that would be that would be a lot of fun for me i don't know i think it might be torture for our listeners i don't know i think um, it won't but, be because like this guy's a writer so like his whole job is to like basically write uh, like try to explain stats in a way that's like somewhat pleasurable to to people's ears and well, not ears really but their eyes yeah so anyway um the next stat that i found is passes led to a shot per 90 minutes. So the amount of passes that a player makes that eventually leads to a shot in a 90-minute period, leading the team right now is Matt Ritchie with two, 2.09. Second is John Joe, 2.07. And then third is Nabil Bentelev. Fourth is Andy Carroll. Five is Christian Atsu. Then Alan St. Maximin. Then Valentino Lazaro, then Ki Sung Young. There's there's some issues with that. So like maybe maybe let's do a minutes uh, requirement because obviously Key isn't. He's had three appearances this season. Wait, no, them. but to, but while you're doing that, like it's kind of funny that Richie and Shelby are at the top of the list because like they got extensions for some unexplainable reason. I think I found out why. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, our, our teams stats do look department. At this. Well, they've looked at just this category. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Miguel has point five seven passes that are led to a shot per ninety minutes. Um. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's it's like no like notoriously miserable. And coming up, we have Burnley, Southampton, Sheffield, Aston Villa, Burnmouth, West Ham. Like, typically, we could say, oh, yeah, we could get some points here. But now I'm like, dang, this isn't good. <laughs> this, These are all six-pointers here. So, I think that's enough nerd stuff? Yeah, you've, you've successfully depressed everyone, so. Okay, good. So we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to go to some odds and ends. Oh, so, it's a new segment we've created that yeah. Greg made up while I was eating gummy beers. So, <laughs> Woo! Odds and ends after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, we have odds and ends. Odds and ends. I don't know. Oh, we need God, to get no, a cool nope. song. Let's not do Let's that. Let's get a cool song. Nope. What should be our cool song? All right. It should not. not be that, and okay. you shouldn't sing it. Okay, Let's get, cool. We, we'll hire Graham to sing it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, first thing, uh, Dan Barlasar, not good news. He... Uh, was playing uh, for Rotherham United. It's a 1-1 draw. And in the 73rd minute, he went down with what looked like to be an ankle injury. He was stretchered off. Uh, he's going to go under a scan today, Wednesday. So hope, hoping for good news on that. Um, usually, typically when you get stretchered off and they say they have to give you like an x-ray, not a good sign. But Well, um, remember that time... Oh, that was when DeAndre Edlin walked down the stairs and then got x-rayed. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. And it was like an ankle sprain. Yeah, usually when they're following up with x-rays, it's concerning. Um, but we're going to hope for the best here. Do you have any anything on that? I didn't um, see what time, happened. So No, I didn't see what happened either. But on that point, like the one time I got injured, um, they followed up with an x-ray and the x-rays were negative, which is which good. Which is good, Yes. And then it, then it turns out that I tore my meniscus, so which is not good. Yeah, that that wasn't good actually. No. So, yeah, yeah, just that was a tidbit. <laughs> uh, next odds and end. Ki Sung Young. I know when everybody when he left, everyone thought like he is destined for La Liga. Well, yeah, that's you. You'd be right then. Uh, he reached an agreement with Real Mallorca. And for the remainder of this season, he was supposedly going to China, but they have postponed their season um, because of COVID-19. He actually might not be even be able to get into Asia in general. Yeah, there's there's a lot of difficult things because now there's some outbreaks in South Korea. Uh, yeah. So really scary stuff. But The Olympics might get canceled. Yeah. Courtesy of Dick Pound. Um. But he's in Mallorca now, so okay, I guess that. Why did that just go? What? Dick Pound? The, the guy's name from the IOC is is like Dick Pound, oh, who came cool. out today with a statement saying the Tokyo Olympics might get canceled. Damn, 
But like that's not important. The, the important part is his it's, name is Dick Nick, Pound. Yeah. We need not Nick, Dick. We need a we need a Richard or a Dick on to play for Newcastle. Long like, Dick Pound. Like Dick Horta. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um Oh god, Big Dick Horta. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Can we say that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, we're going to say it. Yeah. So, yeah, if we sign him, then every single one of our podcasts will be explicit from this point forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's at Real Mallorca. That was the moral of the story. <laughs> so um, enjoy your wonderful island in Spain, and I hope oh, you yeah, don't get relegated. Oh, yeah, gorgeous, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those beautiful places on Earth. So good for you. <laughs> I almost got an internship there if I wanted it, but I never really followed up. Damn. There's like an agent that knows my law professor at Syracuse. And then I didn't want to be an agent anymore, so it didn't make sense. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, Next thing is U23s absolutely destroyed Scunthorpe U23s. And there was an old Newcastle Academy player, Yasin Bell Imwani. He plays for Scunthorpe now in their U system, and he actually scored a goal. But we won by a lot more. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah. And so we are into the round of 16, and we're playing Exeter. Uh, actually, I do have one that is uh, April 4th. So we'll give you an update on that. Other odds and ends. We signed a player, Kyle Crossley oh. from Morecambe. Uh, it's a two-year deal. He's joining the U16s. Apparently, he turned down the Mackums to sign for us. That's always fun, um, and we gave him a scholarship. I don't, I don't know, really know how that works. I know they give out scholarships for youth players. I guess I'm assuming it's just free school. Um, but congrats, Kyle Crossley and Elijah. Take this next one, um, or the last two. Take. Oh yeah. Two. Okay. 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 I was like, I was like, I didn't know there was two left. I just completely forgot the bit of news I wrote in there. Um. So uh, the Saudi, uh, the Saudi, what is it? The Saudi English Fund? Is that what they're called? Uh, no, it's just the PIF. It's just in English. All so right, it's yeah, their well, personal it, fund in English. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's rewind. First and foremost. No big takeover updates is kind of how the week started. Um, like, r- r- reports. Like, I think Greg and I kind of touched on this. It's been silent, which is a good thing, I guess. Um, there's some reports that were saying, like, Premier League hasn't been notified of a, of a deal being agreed, blah, blah, blah. Um, fast forward to today, the Saudi Investment Fund created an English um, account, um, which they didn't have before, Uh may or may not be related to their pursuit of Newcastle. Um, probably not related to it, but Newcastle fans didn't care because that account, if you look at any tweet that it's made, every single reply is from a Newcastle fan. And they're all asking about the takeover. <laughs> they're all like <laughs> sending photoshopped pictures of uh, Newcastle. There's people posting pictures of Bridges. It's 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 a mess. Um, there's there's a lot of things. There was, there was some poor lad who made like like made a reference like getting these guys some pork when they get over there and i think he didn't realize that like people who are islamic do not uh eat pork like i think he did and it was just in bad taste i think oh oh why because like why would you specifically just say pork 
like that's unless true. you knew something that's yeah. what i'm thinking oh that, you know that's true um but yeah so uh <laughs> that happened today um it i don't think it means anything i mean the saudi in index or investment fund whatever they call it, they've been pretty open um even before the takeover about wanting to invest in some more western things um i mean it's a good time to invest in this stuff because um because of this coronavirus this this is a this is an elijah newsome insider tip the coronavirus is like killing some some stocks um it's going to kill some stocks because q1 reports are going to be down because china is spoiler alert pretty big purchaser of a lot of goods and services around the world so uh you guys you might want to start snatching up shares at the end of q1 but uh yeah there's my elijah newsome financial update <laughs> okay that was pretty good for someone who knows zero about i just learned about stocks like two weeks ago so yeah i own stock in aurora cannabis greg nice yeah and then i found out that's a company that we're trying to like mktg is like targeting so i must right. be doing something right let's go to the bs meter all right um so yeah bs meter couple new players linked as we head into um the beginning of silly season for the summer window um around march is when um you start to see uh rumors start to pop up a little bit more often um as the season's starting to wind down we get closer to that under 20 matches left mark um first one is ricardo horta um who is portuguese huh Big yeah, Dick big Horta. Dick, yeah, Big Dick Horta, who is a Portuguese player. Um, has made one appearance for the Portuguese national team, but has been widely regarded as a really good, just like youth prospect. Um, but he's now 25, um, and has spent um, a lot of his time, uh, you know, in and out of La Liga and the Portuguese league. Started off at Benfica, um, played at Vitória Setubal, Malaga. Um, Braga and Malaga a lot um, in between loans and transfers and all that kind of stuff. Um, this season, uh, six goals, five assists as a left winger can play. Um, well, I guess total he's got 18 goals and seven assists, but in the league, six goals, five assists. Um, but can play as a left winger or a right winger or a secondary striker. He's got a release clause apparently of 30, 30 million pounds, but could be available for a cut rate deal of 10 million pounds just because um Braga are looking to sell him I'm I'm assuming um so yeah yeah I, this would be a signing that I would really like I think he, he's been it, we we've maybe had him on this before I don't know We've definitely had him on this before when um, he was younger and more expensive Yeah uh I would I I would enjoy it if it was if it were to happen uh, but I'm still at the fact that I, I would be shocked if we spent that kind of money. Now, now that we see how Jolinton's working out, I would be shocked if we spent over 20 million on a player. Well, summer. to be fair, like 10 million pounds would be, which is what apparently Newcastle are looking to try to get him at, which makes sense. Um, 10 million pounds would be right at his transfer mark value, which is like 11 million US dollars. Oh, okay. So. Um, I mean, he's okay. been good, well, but it is. Then the yeah, then I say league, so. this is going to be. A, this is a decent. Uh, this would be a decent signing, and I, it's not totally unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think Braga, especially being um, 
the kind of club they are. I don't know where they are in the Portuguese league uh, table standings, but I do know um, that uh, they've never like they, this guy cost them like one million pounds, and then have uh, like at some point, I think actually then they got him on a free. So um, like they're making profit regardless. So I'm sure yeah. that if Newcastle send in an offer, they're gonna be fine. But they are in third place right now, so um, in the Portuguese league. Anyway, um, moving on. Next player. Um, is this guy Osone Eduard? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, he's French, um, French African player, center forward. Um, oh, he's is, got. Is he huh? at Celtic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know. Who, I I was just making sure I knew who it was. Yeah, and he he came from PSG. Um, just uh, you know, kind of a big lad. He's what six two ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um. Scored a lot of goals in the Scottish Scottish Premier League. Um, take that as you may. Um, looks like he's going to be another expensive signing, though. Thirty million pounds um, for a guy who technically has a better goal scoring record than Joel Linton. <laughs> uh, he's he's young, maybe maybe pretty ambitious. I I would. I don't know. I'm at the point, uh, this is tough. This is so hard. Like, yeah, any striker that we can sign, I'm definitely in for. But I'm also really concerned that, like, this could also be a flop, and we need to sign somebody who's like definitely can score goals in top-light football. Yeah, I think I think the, the move for Newcastle, if they were a smart club with a strategy, which it doesn't <laughs> seem like they have Which that, we've established um, is not there. Yeah, like... You know, Andy Carroll, that was the right idea, but you need a healthier, like a health, like whatever the healthy version of Andy Carroll is, is what you need. You know what I'm saying? Like a guy who like can, five, like seven years ago, Andy Carroll. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, like I'm trying to think of a guy now, like who's the like, like, um, like a Danny Ings would actually. That's actually the perfect example where it's like. He's been able to stay healthy this season, and he actually he's a somewhat reliable goal scorer. So I mean, like, I I, I just like that, and it's like it, it it spells the pressure of of these younger guys. Like I wouldn't mind signing this young guy if you have another person in there who has Premier League experience and can score goals. And when push comes to shove, and there's a lot of pressure on them to score, like with Jolinton now, like there's at least an area where like there's like a level of like that pressure can be kind of like released and you could sub and start or sub or start someone else um, who's got that proven record. So I'm with you. Like, I think the first move is to get a proven Premier League striker, um, but those don't come cheap, um, especially if they're young. And um, I doubt that we're going to sign anyone old unless it's super cheap because Mike Ashley, the last thing is um, everyone's favorite, uh, terrible transfer rumor account it's just a, a kind of one for the old s's and giggles um indy Calia, uh known for breaking news after it's already been broken um and making bold claims has made the bold claim that red bull are interested in newcastle united as a club to add to the portfolio greg your thoughts on red bull united red bull newcastle rb newcastle yeah, I mean, honestly, I think we've had this discussion before when we were talking about takeovers at some point. Um, and I asked you, do you think Red Bull would actually be bold enough to change the name? Uh, 
of Newcastle to like Red Bull Newcastle? And I don't remember what you said, but this is a good time to re-answer that question. I don't think they would. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle's already marketable. That's the real reason they're doing it. Yeah. So, um, just having their logo in the Premier League is enough. But anyway, I, don't, yeah. I think you and I both agree this isn't happening. No, but I would love if they would just hire like they they could be a partner and just hire people that would make us play the red bull style i'd be in for that or i mean honestly just or you know analytics guys or just the values that red bull teams have of like having strong academies you know the simple things yeah it would you be know, it would be fun clubs already <laughs> it would be fun to have their their implement implemented style without calling ourselves rb newcastle yeah, yeah. It would that, be that would be a fun. lot of fun. I would love to run a four four two diamond and press the heck out of everybody with yeah. ASM and Almiron. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd also they ran a four three three a couple years ago and did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do. Yeah, I guess they switch like four four two diamond four three three attack, like all the way go go go. It, it's fun to watch, and Salzburg is doing well in Austria and. New York Red Bull has done well for a while, and Leipzig has is doing well right now and for the last few years too. And and all of those teams do this one thing really well that like it's really hard to do um, in their respective leagues is that they are so good at replacing players that they sell on um, for either super cheap or <laughs> within their academy. Like that is just so cool. Oh, and, I thought. You were going to say score goals. Well, that too. I mean, they're really good at that. <laughs> um, they're also really good at finding great goal-scoring talent. Um, uh, I think Timo Werner and, and Holland are, uh, you know, I would say they're pretty solid goal scorers. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I respect that a ton. Like, it's hilarious. It's a joke in MLS um, that uh, New York Red Bull, like, have, like, you just insert generic white guy name and like that player is going to be playing for New York Red Bull out of their academy um, this season. So, which it, if you look at their roster, it's actually accurate. Yeah, definitely is. But yeah, well, cool. that's all I got. Yeah, thanks for thanks for partying with us on this Wednesday. We uh, will bring, we will bring you a preview for Burnley. I think that's who we play next, right? Burnley? Yep, it is. Yeah, uh, so we'll give you that on Friday morning. Um, but feel free to follow us. You can tweet us about this podcast. We'd be more than happy to discuss this further. Um, love the interaction, so keep that up, guys. And then, like uh, that concludes episode 120 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is the best damn coach in the land. Alive and awesome. We'll see you on Friday, and away the last. If you never win the club again, love you guys. Brave the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher tend to the rear, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I've 
walk the streets of the I'll meet for a bottle of the river time. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been a weird. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny how I'm coming home. Then I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. Brave the darkness in James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again